What's up, y'all, and welcome back to another episode of the Resilient Body Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Arnika, the not-so-typical chiropractor, and today we're going to be talking about the top three common problems that I've treated in the last month, and I'm going to give you my top tips to help improve them, okay? This episode is honestly inspired by just like reflection and recapping at the end of the year. As we get closer to the close of the year, as I'm like closing books, so to speak, and like the business, you know, going through notes, making sure everything's good. Um, I was coming across some things that I'm like, hmm, I helped her with low back, but this is where that came from. I helped her with this. So I decided to look up the top three problems. And when I came across these three, I was like, yeah, I want to share that with you. Um, so as we go into this, uh, these are in no specific order whatsoever. Um, I just wanted to give you some tips around them and some things that I think can help. So let's go ahead and hop on in. So I'm going to go ahead and just run down the list and then I'll go back and break down each one. So the top three common problems that I treated were low back pain, hand numbness, and neck tension slash pain. Because uh, some people can really decipher, some had tension, some had pain. So I just wanted to put tension slash pain. Because it could be come and go, hit or miss. At a close fourth was foot pain. Like, I don't know what, but I had a lot of heel pain and plantar fasciitis type stuff coming in um, as well. But it was a close fourth, but but not so much. So I want to hit those top three. All right, let's back it up. First one is low back pain. Now, something that I think is important to note when it comes to low back pain is that it is uh, multifactorial. And what that means is that it can be so many things. Low back pain is complex. That's why that, I was trying not to cuss, but we about to start off early in the morning. That's why that bullshit diagnosis of like generalized low back pain is BS because there is definitely a reason why your low back is hurting. Just maybe that person didn't do their due diligence and do as much movement evaluation with you to figure out what that is. But we got to figure out what is really causing that low back because out of all these moms that came into the office with low back pain, each one had a different reason. One had some issues going on with her C-section. One had something going on in her instability in her hips. One mom couldn't breathe into her lateral rib. One mom was honestly not knowing how to engage and brace properly and was leading to a lot of back pain. There's so many reasons why that low back could be hurting. So we got to figure out why I started addressing it from there. First off. So a couple of the things that I would suggest that you, you know, start to work on and even some things that I started working on with these patients in my office was First up, breathing. A couple of those moms that I mentioned who were having some low back pain, breathing is a place that we started because we needed to make sure that you could breathe into every part of your lung, into your entire core, front, side, and back, in order to make sure that you have the ability to brace all of that in order to lift heavy shit, to be quite honest, or just brace yourself to lift or whatever you need to do. So breathing is something that I would definitely look more into to focus on diaphragmatic breathing, specifically being able to breathe in what we call that 360 degree 
pattern, so all the way around, and making sure that we can do it for a long period of time. Um, something that I noticed as I was working with um, a couple moms with breathing is that I had a mom that was taking a lot of shallow breaths. And when I would have her, you know, breathe as I was having my hands on a rib cage for her to fill that area, um, she was probably breathing in for maybe like a second and a half and breathing it all out. And when I asked her to hold it longer, it took a minute for her to honestly connect the dots and say, oh, I need to take this slower, deep breath in. I can actually get more air because she felt like she couldn't get air. So making sure that we can actually hold that for longer. If you heard of like box breathing where you breathe in for four, hold for four, breathe out for four, hold for four. That is a general, good general idea of how long we want to work on duration within breathing. So once you learn how to fully breathe and use your diaphragm uh, diaphragm properly, the next make sure that you allow, are actually allowing yourself to take time to fill up your lungs. All right. So breathing is important. That also kind of ties into the next thing, which is your core and making sure that you're using all parts of your core, specifically your deep core. Now, I know when people mention low back pain, the first thing is they're like, I've been planking, I've been doing sit-ups, crunches, whatever, and my low back is actually not getting any better. Maybe that's because you're doing the wrong core exercises. What I like to do in our office is really focus on core stability. And the definition of stability is being able to withstand movement, withstand motion. So we do a lot of things that maybe don't involve you actually having to flex your spine to work on your core. Maybe we need to work on different forces coming from different directions because that is actually more functional for what you're doing throughout the day. So making sure that you're using the proper core exercises to coordinate into your routine is typically going to help with your low back pain. And last but not least, some good coordination between like your glutes fire and coordinating when they should and hip stability one of the things that we focus on along with our core our breathing is making sure that our glutes and hips are connected as they should so making sure that we're stable and make sure that our glutes are firing when they need to make sure they're joining the party essentially so addressing some of your breathing addressing some proper core techniques some glute stuff and some hip stability are going to be some top tips for you to help with that low back pain okay second thing hand numbness Now, first, I'm not going to get on the soapbox when it comes to any type of like nerve things. But I will say just because you have hand numbness does not mean that it is necessarily carpal tunnel. I'm going to say that one more time. Just because you have hand numbness does not necessarily mean or automatically mean that you have carpal tunnel syndrome. Okay. That is the number one thing I get when people come into my office. Oh, my hand has been numb. I think it's just that carpal tunnel. And either A, they kind of just wave it off as if it's not important. And it really is. Your hand is going in and out of filling. One minute you can fill your your coffee cup. Next minute you can't. Like that is major. Or I get patients who are like, oh, yeah, I went to get, you know, that nerve conduction test from my primary. They either said, no, everything was fine and my nerves were right, working right, um, but they couldn't figure out what it was. And they just kind of threw this diagnosis on me, maybe. But what's crazy to me is that when they run that nerve conduction test, they never go above the elbow. And that nerve actually comes from our neck. So hand numbness is not necessarily carpal tunnel. We first have to figure out specifically where it's coming from because there are so many possibilities of where that nerve can be impinged at. And the more specific we can get, the faster you can recover from that nerve symptom. All right. So just because it's not in that wrist and maybe because you've been stretching out your forearms and it's not really changing, maybe we need to check your bicep. Maybe we need to check your pet, your shoulder blade. How is that moving? Those are a couple of things we just need to address, especially that neck when that is literally where the nerve root comes from. So 
when it comes to that hand that was first off, sorry about that rant a little bit. Just figure out specifically where it's coming from. Some things that we can help with after we do that, of course, um, it gives you a better guidance, a better plan on the things you should be addressing. Because maybe you're doing some things. Maybe you've been flossing for a little bit, stretching that peg out for a little bit. Maybe it's only helping temporarily. Maybe it's not doing anything. Having a specific plan after you figure out where it's coming from will help with that faster recovery. A few things that I tend to work on with people who have hand numbness is building better awareness within their upper back. Their shoulder blade muscles, being able to engage them and tilt them backwards. That's going to be something that's super important because as we get more rounded shoulders, as we get more shoulder blades tipping forward, that means the more compression in the front of our pec. And that is where a lot of our nerves run through to get to the rest of our arm. So first things first is before you start anywhere, we need to start building more awareness and engagement in our upper back muscles. So some of our rotator cuff muscles, pretty much any muscles that attach the shoulder blade into um, towards our spine, we need to work on. So things that would help with that would be certain pulling activities. Think about rows, things like that. So we want to make sure that our neck and upper back are coordinated and working at the same time. So building upper back awareness and engaging those upper back muscles is truly going to help that hand numbness. Um, and rolling into this next thing, we want to work on, I mentioned a little bit about that shoulder blade, but we also want to work on how that shoulder blade is moving around your rib cage. All right. People are so amazed or like shocked when I'm working on their ribs. Either A, they're surprised at like where I am that their ribs are quote unquote up there. And that's when I kind of educate them on the anatomy and where our ribs sit and how they, you know, in the front they attach to our sternum, you know? So and in the back they attach to our spine. So we talk about the anatomy and how the shoulder blade sits on the rib cage. And then we move into a little bit more about how there are literally muscles between that shoulder blade and that rib cage to help it glide back and forth. And it affects your shoulder. It can affect how your shoulder blade moves. And that can affect some areas where you can get pinched on that nerve or whatever nerve. So making sure we know how to move our shoulder blade correctly, knowing how to uh, what we call kind of stack it or stabilize it in certain areas and know how to move it and knowing how to um, use our rib cage as we should. And that goes back into a little bit more. We talked with breath with uh, low back pain, breathing properly. That's how we get our rib cage moving. When we do certain like uh, soft tissue work in the office, I need to work on their ribs or their intercostal muscles. There's always some type of breathing component because the best way to get those muscles stretched or lengthen or whatever between each rib is to breathe literally the best thing so adjust the shoulder blade and rib cage just a little recap of that hand numbness first you got to figure out where it's coming from the more specific you can get the faster you can get and and fixing it okay you got a second build upper back awareness by doing maybe some pulling activities and things that engage our upper back and then third working on that shoulder blade and rib cage and how they work together how to move your shoulder blade and control it are going to be super important when it comes to hand numbness. Last but definitely not least, neck tension slash pain, okay? So many people are coming into the office with this, specifically, you know, my moms that are working, you know, more at desk. And also as a woman, we tend to hold more tension and stress in our shoulders. So I spent a lot of time going through figuring out what movements are going to work best for this mom, not only in the office, but also outside of the office so we can get those shaps to relax. All right. So a couple of things that are going to like kind of carry over from the hand numbness um, is the shoulder blades and ribs. When a mom comes into me complaining of their neck. Yes, I'm going to address their neck for sure. I'm going to check their pecs, all the things. But I'm also going to check out their shoulder blade and their ribs. I need to see how they're moving if they're even knowing how to move around that shoulder blade because if our shoulder blade isn't moving well 
Oh, if it doesn't know for, I wish I had more visuals, but if it doesn't know how to move in any other direction but up, which is using our upper trap, then that's the only way it can move. And most of the time when you are having neck tension and you grab that spot in between like that neck and shoulder, it is your upper trap. And that is a muscle that pulls your shoulder blade up. And if that's constantly shortened, constantly under tension, our shoulder blade is going to be in this upward position for a long time. That means the muscles in the back that we actually need to engage are actually on this lengthen, on this stretch, and they feel hella tight. That's why we get shoulder knots. That's why we're like, man, I feel like someone needs to dig the hell out of this. But reality is we need to engage it and use it. So making sure we work on our shoulder blade and ribs are going to be super great for that neck tension. We need to make sure that we're addressing our thoracic spine. All right. When I say thoracic spine, that's literally the middle of our spine. It is something that's so important that is negatively affected. Honestly, the more and more we sit, the more and more we're looking at, um, you know, um, phones or our computers and we're looking down, we get more of this rounding happening in our upper back. We have to start addressing that. If we don't address our upper back, it's going to be hella hard to actually start engaging and using our neck muscles as we should and for your neck not to feel tight and heavy all the time. Okay. Our T-spine a.k.a. our thoracic spine, is very important. And we need to start addressing that by focusing more on the opposite thing that you're doing. So if you know we spend more time in flexion, more time rounded forward, then we need to get over a front roller and do more extension. We need to find a wall and do more extension. We need to focus on more rotation in our upper back and making sure we're not compensating with our low back. There's so many things that we need to work on, but before you can actually resolve that neck tension and pain for good, you have to make sure that you address that thoracic spine and make sure it's moving as well as you can. And then last, but certainly not least, you know I had to bring it up. It is breathing. I know you're like, I thought you told me that I needed to use my diaphragm. You are absolutely right. But for those who are not using their diaphragm when they should, they are using their neck muscles. Nine times out of 10, when a mom comes into me with neck tension or pain and I check her breathing, her breathing function or her breathing patterns, she is doing more movement with her chest than she is with her stomach or diaphragm. And maybe her neck is tightening up more as she's trying to get in air. And we will get nowhere if our breathing is going to be continually using our neck and our chest. Our neck muscles should be our secondary, um, secondary um, breathing muscles unlike our diaphragm which should be our primary our number one all right so if you are breathing with your chest if you notice that your neck seems to tense up when you're trying to get in and out of air that is the number one place that you need to start if you can't control your breathing and use your diaphragm for breathing then everything that we build on top of trying to on top of that on top of that foundation trying to get rid of that neck tension is not going to do shit so Start with breathing. Make sure that at the very least, we learn how to breathe with that diaphragm, less chest movement, and less neck muscles involved. If we get our neck muscles involved with the breathing, then they're already hella tired when they need to do stuff for your neck. So make sure they're doing their primary job and not every job. Okay, I hope that you found this episode super valuable with those top three uh, common problems. As I mentioned, they were in no specific order, but low back pain, hand numbness and neck tension slash pain have been the top three that I've been helping moms with in the office. I hope that you found some of these tips super helpful. Um, I'll add a couple of exercises down in here um, that I brought up a little bit that may have a little bit of crossover just to give you a couple ideas. But if you have any other questions specifically about your low back pain, hand numbness or neck tension, please feel free to either DM me on Instagram or um, go ahead and click the link in the bio, click the link in the episode notes and schedule a console call. And we can talk a little bit more about what you got going on. See if you're a good fit for what we do at our office and if we're a good fit for you. 
All right. As always, my goal is to help you move better, feel better and be resilient. I'll holler at y'all in the next episode.